What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode 265 of Two Amazon Sellers and a Microphone, brought to you by Solozo. And uh, today we got a great guest. Uh, we're we're really excited. We're going to be the theme of this is scaling and scaling an internet business, uh, but we have a lot more to talk about besides that. Uh, and joining us is uh, Peter Zemis. Peter, what's up? Good man, good. You know, I'm just enjoying actually cold Scottsdale right now. It's only like 60 degrees here. I'm quite upset about it. <laughs> oh yeah, bragger. Well, yeah, we're not, uh, in Kansas City here, it's a little colder. Let's see. Oh, it's 30. is it? It's, oh. it's, been, it's been like 10. Yeah. So mm. we are. Uh, it's a heat wave coming through here. Yeah. Well, I'm originally from Canada, so I'm pretty used to to being like in the negatives. Yeah. Really? Yeah. What part yeah. of Canada? Toronto. Toronto, yeah, yeah. yeah. Say so you're used to the cold, then. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> well, man, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, we we're looking through. Uh, you provided us a lot of links to the, a lot of the companies that you run, and I mean, I feel like we could talk for hours on all of this because you've got such. You're doing so many unique things, uh, and we're excited mm -hmm. to to dive into to all of it. But why don't I just uh, turn it over to you for a little bit and give everyone listening mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of background of your story? Uh, we'd really like to dig into that. So. I'll let yeah, you start. Um, internet marketing, I guess, has been my only job since I was yeah, 19 or 18. I was a busboy before that, but I never had a real job, I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, I started in university. I wanted to write a book. That was my big thing. I wanted to write a book, and I wanted to make a 1000 bucks online. And I was doing biology at school, and um, so I went to a mastermind in Vegas, um, learned a bunch of stuff about information product marketing, put out my first book, Feast Your Way Fit. Made a total of one sale for $8 on January 2nd, 2016 or 15, one of those years. And then didn't make a sale for the rest of the year. So it was a good year. <laughs> yeah, it was a good first year. But um, you persevered, it sounds persevered. like. Persevered. You know, I got to write a book when I was like 18. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But then I realized that it's about a, um, it's a best-selling book, not a best-written book. And I learned that. And then I kind of went deep into the marketing. I understood that I need to master the marketing to get my message out there. So that's what I did for the next year. Learned copy, learned from pretty high high end guys. Paid to be in the right rooms. Paid to have the right mentors. Um, thankfully, you know, my rent was like two hundred bucks a month. I was living with six guys at college, um, so I had had a lot of capital or a lot of capital back then to play with. So, mm -hmm. um, and then I ended up launching a book called um, Anabolic Stretching, uh, which I launched on the last week of my finals in university, and I started doing hundred sales a day, pretty much like right out of the gate. Crazy. Um, yeah, it's nuts. Got the marketing right, got the messaging right, got the title right. Uh, the book was awesome. Uh, had a forward by Christian Thibodeau, which was really cool as well. So we got some good credibility there. And then that built into a brand itself, which we ended up selling a couple years later uh, when I was 22. And then since then, been dabbling across you know a lot of different industries, just building internet companies and selling them, and um, working with some celebrities. And yeah, so I've, I've had a good time so far. Why? Why book? Why? Why get in a book at the very beginning? You know, most people are like, "I want to start a yeah. business, like a product or something." Like, what made you go after a book? I just loved writing. Even when I was a kid, I used to write short stories for fun. I was pretty, I was pretty nerdy. So, um, yeah, yeah, it was like me and my pet squirrel Nick, who would just like go on these adventures. Um, but yeah, it was just I wanted to be a best-selling author. I had no idea why. That was like my dream. I mean, I wanted to be an astronaut too, but like that wasn't happening. So, <laughs> yeah. Not yet, right? <laughs> but the, the book is is cool. I mean, so my little context, my wife um, is an artist, illustrator, so she's self-published um, mm -hmm. a few children's books. 
Uh, and so it brings up a question I have is that book, did you, did you publish that? Was it self-published? Was it through KDP on Amazon? Published. Yeah, no, all off Amazon self-published back then. Um, you know, I'm also a capitalist. I mean, I understood that if I sold uh, eBooks, I mean, if I sell a book for $9, I get to keep eight and a half dollars of it. Right. And to build a business customer acquisition per, plus profits is what you need in the beginning. Eventually you can get into more of the branding side and we can talk about that later, but. I mean, my opinion of building businesses like customer acquisition day zero as much as possible until you get the brand to maybe like seven figures. And then after that, you build out like the branded elements of the brand. I mean, we can go to the dog brand now, which is we've had seven figures in six months and we don't have an Instagram. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, it's crazy. No, that was ridiculous. Um, so and I'm a big fan of that because we don't like it's not needed. It's like fluff business. It makes you feel good. But it doesn't really move the needle in terms of what matters in the business because you need capital, whether you raise it or whether you generate it through sales to grow a brand. You need customers to spread the word of mouth and all this stuff. So um, unless you got deep pockets um, when you're starting out, yeah, big fan of customer acquisition on day zero marketing. So you, so I want to talk about the uh, the the dog pet brand that you're yeah. launched, you launched. But I want to go back to the the successful book that you ended up publishing. So what? You, you did your first one and that obviously mm -hmm. probably got your feet wet into the production did, of a book. Yeah. You know, you had, yep. you had to write it and that's, you know, it's got to be good and everything, everything else. Um, so you, it was, did you say it was anabolic stretching? Is that what you said? Anabolic stretching. Yeah. Anabolic stretching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting. The title, yeah. Yeah. The title yeah. encompasses like the idea. Um, and the fact that you said interesting is kind of the whole point of it. It's like, Oh, it's interesting. Let me read more about it. Let me learn more about it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you wrote this, and then what, what was your go-to-market strategy? I mean, what did you do different? Uh, was it, was it on a, did you publish it through a website mm -hmm. or was it through Amazon? I mean, how did that, and then. Yeah. So I just like hosted it on my own blog. Um, and my process of business at the time was let me see how I can not make money, but just generate customers. And so if I was selling this book, so how do I get rid of all my profits? And well, I do that by paying a ton of affiliates, hundred percent commission. Because I know that like in the long run, I can monetize customers more than the $15 up front if I get enough of them. And so that was a strategy. And plus, like I, my, my rent was 300 bucks. So I, I could afford to not make that much money back then. Right. But it was about building like the customer acquisition again, because that's that's the biggest thing. If you can get customers for break even on day zero, um, then like I would scale that business to the moon because you know that you can monetize a certain percentage of those customers on the back end throughout the like the lifetime value is uh, it goes insane, at least in my opinion. So, yeah. You talked about affiliate. That was if you give them 100% commissions up front. Like, what's that yeah. process like? Because, you know, on Amazon, we're trying to get traffic on Amazon and get yeah. that organic up. What are you doing there? Like, what's that What's that setup look like? For affiliates? So, we'd set them up with, like, individual hop links, and they would promote it, whether it's, like, via their social media or their email lists, um, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. And then that affiliate link would track the sales. They make 10 sales, you know, 90 bucks. Come in, let's just 10 bucks a book. You know, it's a hundred sales, hundred dollars minus like processing fees, 5%. Everything else will go to the affiliate. I would get the customers. Um, and then I'm free to do whatever I want with the customers, remarket them, talk to them, call them, whatever. Yeah. And, and so there, I mean, the trick there is reaching out to those affiliates and building yes. a network of affiliates and yeah. giving them the right assets and the, the mm -hmm. right way to promote your product. So you must've built out a, a pretty good, process for that i did yeah i started going to just a bunch of live events in toronto at the time um, met some good affiliates in the space met some guys that were just coming up and they were just about like 
maybe like, let's call it a couple months ahead of me. And so they had a small email list. They were open to like testing out a new guy. And then the thing eventually was like, all right, we, we got data. So they send an email, they make a thousand bucks on an email from my product. Um, they tell their friends that, Hey, if you send this email, I can make a thousand bucks. This product is great. Written by Thibodeau or, you know, Peter, um, he's awesome. He has a bio degree. And so then it was just kind of wildfire because everyone was making money. Everyone had a good product and they knew I was like, I'm not a scam artist. I wasn't going to fuck them over. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Good, good products. You know, I talk about, um, my, me and my business partner invented this philosophy, which is people over profits and profits over revenue. Um, and when you serve the people, right. Uh, when you have a good products and the people in this case for me was the affiliates. When I took care of the affiliates properly, um, it drove a lot of profits and revenue. So, and, yeah. and so now you have this list of people that have purchased your product. You can yeah. remarket them. Uh, and so a two part question here, did you ever change that affiliate agreement to where now you were starting to profit off of the book as it grew, or I guess you started making more organic, let's say sales of your book that you profit off of. And then, so that's part one, but then the rest of it yeah. is how did you, I mean, what did you remarket to these people? <laughs> was there a membership to a stretching class? Yeah. What was it? Yeah. So we, um, the first to answer your first question, I did not change. I kept it hundred percent because I wanted the traffic. I wanted the customers. Um, and I would remarket basically new products that I would create. So if I had a stretching program, which is a post-workout program, I would create a warm-up program called anabolic priming at the time. Um, you know, five minute warm-up program helps you get your muscles ready. Then I'd create like a full workout program that goes along with anabolic stretching. Then we had a membership community with like a workout of the week um, called the anabolic Academy. So the workout of the week, like, you know, nutrition of the week, supplement of the week, stuff like that. Then I get a giant PDF videos, the whole, the whole nine yards. So just creating more products to give to these customers, because we know that they bought from me already. They're probably going to buy again, uh, especially if the first product was great. And so just, and I had access to their emails now. So just came in new product and let's say only 10% of the audience bots, so they don't want that product. Well, I have 15 other products that I created over the next year that, you know, you just hit them once a month with different products and eventually everybody buys um, and then eventually I got into some more like higher ticket stuff, like one-on-one, you know, and we charge a couple thousand for a few months of coaching. Um, you know, the book landed me on some podcasts. Um, so there's a whole ecosystem being built around just like, just getting people into your world. Um, you know, people do that through content strategy, which is fine, but I'm a big fan of getting people into your world that have already paid for something. When they give you money, they're a different type of person versus when they just see your shit for free. I when want, you use well, a affiliate, uh, sorry, Dustin, when you use that affiliate, what kind of tool, what, is there like a software you use to like manage all that and get all the links? Yeah. yeah so when it, back then I was using a platform called ClickBank. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard oh, of it. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. yeah so the platform back then, now with all my affiliates and what we do now is all custom, everything dev team, but back then it was ClickBank. Yeah. I mean, and ClickBank is nice because they're going to bring you affiliates that you're not actively promoting to. Anybody. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then your product your book, in my case, my book would get ranked on these things and it's doing well. So other affiliates that I didn't know would see that and be like, oh, like I want to promote it. What are the stats? I'd send them the stats. They'd be stoked. And then the other thing I did, which was cool, was that I would guarantee the affiliates that they would like make a certain amount of money. So, because I knew my book would convert at 5% or whatever on their email list. And let's say they're used to making two grand. I'd be like, all right, if you don't make two grand on this email, I'll cover the difference with PayPal. And then everyone was basically on board after that. Um, and I'll do that a few times, to be honest, but, um, I was just like, I have to make more products to make more revenue to cover these affiliates, but then I get more people into the world. Um, so there's like a whole uh, strategy. 
Yeah, I did a lot of uh, way back, back before you, your uh, book was out, but I did a lot of yeah. ClickBank uh, affiliate marketing on the affiliate side. Yeah. And if I'd have seen that, that's an attractive offer. You know, it's like, yeah, okay. He's gonna I think get I spent like six weeks looking through ClickBank. I was like, what is this world? Like yeah. you just, you don't have a world. product. You just promote other people's products, but you have to be really good at marketing to even yeah. get any type of return on it. It was like, this is insane out here. You could promote all kinds of like prolong your life supplements. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's some crazy shit on there. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah one thing wild. that I think um, is really hyper relevant to people listening that are selling on Amazon right now is the fact that you talked about just breaking even or even losing money on your product initially to gain yeah. to gain market share to gain customers there's a lot of hesitancy on uh, from mm -hmm. especially new physical product sellers on amazon they're, they're yeah. like why am i not making profit on my product right now you know yeah. they want to make profit on every unit right off the bat and then that just really stifles their growth uh, because yeah. they don't allocate that time and energy and money to promoting um so I think there's that's different really forms of capital. You know what I mean? Like there's different forms of capital. And like in terms of Amazon, like for me, the capital that we're building right now, Pup Labs is like the review capital. You know, we want a lot of reviews. So I don't give a shit if we're, if we're losing a little bit of money or just breaking even because I want those reviews. You know, I know that capital goes a long way, like over the, the span of the next five years, we build that brand. I mean, every review fucking matters. So there's different ways to look at like capital. There's like social capital. For example, like having a book puts me in a different category than pretty much... 99% of people on the planet, it gives me this like massive authority, which allows me to like speak, charge higher prices when I do coaching, um, get into different rooms. It's like the best fucking business card on the planet. And it cost me like four bucks to print a book. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love and it. Now with AI, you may not, you have to write the book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just give, I, it a, give it a topic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's, the writing is not there yet. Give it 18 months, but yes, I agree. Yeah. 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 yeah that's going to open up a whole new, interesting world that's for sure yeah um all right so pup labs let's talk about it what made so i'm assuming that's a physical product business yeah yeah it's a dog treats dog supplements um kind of helping dogs get healthier with the treats um that's the biggest thing so we have like a joint formula which helps them improve their joints a bad breath formula it's like a treat you give them and helps get rid of the bad breath we have a new uh spray product actually launching today which helps like restore their coat get rid of itchy spots hot spots stuff like that um, we've got health products. So yeah, it's kind of uh, the whole thing. So walk us through your, uh, when you launch a new product or when you launched your initial product, where did you launch it? Was this, um, you know, marketing through social media? Was it an Amazon only product? Was it on a Shopify? How, how did you launch it and what are you continuing to do? Yeah. So it's actually was on Facebook originally it was on Amazon. Yep. Started on Facebook, uh, drive a lot of Facebook traffic to the landing page, get customer sales and then drive those customers back to Amazon, back to Shopify. Um, and then what we started learning is that eventually when we got into Amazon was that, let's say about 10% of people would watch our marketing on Facebook ads, and then they wouldn't buy on our landing page, but they'd go to Amazon and buy our shit after. And yep. we can't actually track that, but we did, we've been doing the numbers over the past months, and it's, it's about 10% of people are doing that. And so there's this overflow effect from all these marketing. So the more we ramp up on our marketing spend on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, the higher Amazon sales are going without advertising. And so we know it's working. Um, and so there's a whole like kind of blended CPA model as we're calling it. Absolutely. Are you driving them? Are you, have you thought about driving them directly to Amazon or 
just still driving them to a landing page and then let them find your product on Amazon organically. Um, so the reason we drive them to like our landing page or our video sales letter page is because we know that we can make a, a shit ton of profit on day zero, um, which allows us to scale harder, which then allows more overflow people to go onto Amazon. Okay. And you're capturing their information. Exactly. Amazon has let you capture the information. So that's why I'm not a big fan of Amazon. Like it's fine because it's such a powerful social spot, social equity, social capital, right? If a brand's on Amazon, they must be legit. It's like this weird like thinking that people have. Um, and so, and it's also a great opportunity for a lot of sellers, but Amazon is not my main thing. It's the overflow effect. Um, to be honest, like it's not, we find better ways to capture customers' data, remarket them, send them to Amazon after. Um, and I think most Amazon businesses should do that anyways, because they get a lot more free fucking traffic and better ROAS. Um, yeah. Cause they get more people searching their product. Amazon will be like, oh, this product is hot. It's going to rank them higher. There's a lot of like a trickle down effect from running all this cold traffic outside of, uh, Amazon. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. We talk about this all the time. I mean, you want, okay. it's like where the omni-channel marketing, what's better, what's your better return native on Amazon or get captured information is, you know, th there's all those things at play. And I think for different products, there's a different blend. You know, yeah. I think, you know, your, your products, they're, they're really important to people because they're for their pets and they want to get a little bit more um, sure of the product. And with your marketing, you can really help sell that product. Then they're okay buying yeah. it on Amazon. You know, something like a jump rope, people are just going to go to Amazon and buy a jump rope. You know, they're going to search it. I think mm -hmm. there's more, there's, unless it's unique or does something, you know, outside of the norm. But so to, to jump back really quick, the, the, the stretching book slash overall business that you created yeah. there, do you still run that or did you sell that? I sold that. Sold that whole brand uh, when I was 22. Yeah, 22. 21? 22. Yeah. So I have a, I have a question about that. Um, what, was that brand you or the program? Like were you the, the expert? Like so I, I, wrote the, I wrote the program. My name was on the book and all the other books. But the brand was built around like the big ideas of the books and the products and the Anabolic Academy and all this stuff. It wasn't built around like Peter Zemis's like the fitness guru, you know. That yeah. that was my question. So that so the, yeah. the the group or person who bought your business was able to continue seamlessly, yeah, yeah. with your yeah. audience that you built and oh. everything else. Yeah. So my bro, I'm with my bro today. He's here in Scottsdale. So nice. everyone got to say hi. I'm in live. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. I love it. I love it. So what? So you've got the the dog business, and then talk about some other stuff. So supplement millionaire was that? Talk about is this a, yeah, yeah. Supplement millionaire is a mastermind that I created with my business partner Cody Bramlett uh, about a year year and one month ago, um, and basically teach people how to grow supplement businesses from zero to we have clients doing 92 million a year. So it's a pretty big range of people. Uh, yeah. No, I didn't. That's not a typo or not a, whatever the fuck. A verbal Crazy, typo. Bro. I don't know. <laughs> 92 yeah. million a year. 92 million. Yeah. I shit you not. Hopefully I'll get there one day. Not that That's, um, so what is yeah. this? What is supplement millionaire? Mm -hmm. like, so it's a mastermind. I... Yeah. It's a coaching program. Um, and so, cause we have our own supplement brands that do eight figures a year. And so we basically teach you, well, here's all the mistakes that we made. Here's all the connections that you need. Here's a manufacturer. Here's a lawyer. Here's our 
um, customer service team that we use. Here's how to be a real CEO of a company. And then eventually down the line, we're going to look to exit a bunch of brands, but that's not for, for years. But anyways, the whole thing is it's a coaching program. Um, it's fucking awesome. We actually just did our live event in Vegas, first live event uh, last week. Had about 120 people there from the mastermind, um, 100-person dinner. It was fucking awesome. You guys should come next time. Wow. Uh, uh, yeah. Keep us posted. Uh, yeah. the, so running a mastermind is yeah. is very different. I mean, you're you're now trying to network, group, share ideas, help each yeah. other out. Uh, how has that, since you started that, how has that impacted just everything else that you're doing? I mean, I'm sure you're benefiting from it as well as everybody else who's yeah. a part of it. Yeah, so it's cool because I get to see a lot of people transform, but also the supplement world is an interesting space where like the better that my clients do, the better that my brands will do because they will grow their own customer bases, which will then promote my products and then we'll promote their products and everyone grows together. It's kind of a weird niche um, where I think of it like my mom, she loves like cooking and, but, and she won't just buy one person's cookbook. She'll buy 20 different people's cookbook. No one is like competing with each other, you know? <laughs> so supplement space is the same. Like if you have a competing product, great, but like then go... If I have vitamin D, then go make a multivitamin, make it good, and then I'll promote the multivitamin because I don't have a multi. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's and that, almost yeah. endless what you can what you can do with supplements. It, it is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy now. They've got we've got yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Okay, so we talk to a lot of supplement brands on a day to day yeah. basis, <clears throat> and from the viewpoint of helping them with their Amazon ads. When you launch your supplement brands or as what, when you're coaching people to help launch, so is, it the, is it the same type of launch where it is you're launching through uh, you know, social to a landing page, capture the sale on your, on your own would, store? And then do, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much how we do it right now. Um, we don't like start with stores, then with like landing pages, a lot more profit per order there versus like a Shopify page. Um, and again, because the goal is customer acquisition. So you want to lower the CPA as much as possible and increase the AOV, which is the order, average order value. Um, and the bigger the discrepancy of the gap, the more that you can pay an affiliate, which means you can outbid your competition, which means the more customers you can acquire, which then you can remarket on the back end. It's the same anabolic stretching model. These are physical supplements. So you're using the affiliate yep. programs, everything. Yeah. Yeah, so we do cold traffic too as well. But when we starting, when people are starting out, we teach them the affiliate model because we don't want people burning, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand on Facebook on day zero, right? Um, the first month, it's a lot of cash to burn um, for someone new. So yeah, that's why we teach affiliate and, model. And it would be the same cash burn if you launched, you know, only on Amazon. Because you I mean, Exactly, you, yeah, yeah. You, to drive that amount of traffic with the cost per clicks for supplement mm -hmm. keywords on Amazon is sky high. This is a really good thing for anybody who's launching a supplement business to potentially join your mastermind <clears throat> or yeah. the content that you're putting out. Um, yeah, come on. I'll give you a special discount. The, the two Amazon sellers and a microphone discount. Right on. We'll put it in the we'll put yeah. it in the uh, description for everybody yeah. <laughs> who wants to take that up. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it, the affiliate is is interesting to me because it's. Essentially, if you did what you're saying and you even gave a hundred percent commission, that's no different than giving away free product, you know, to help to a, to a degree. There's probably some other fees in there that you're eating. It might cost more, but yeah. it really does get the word out. And at, at what point, so you get to this, you get all this customer data. Now you've got brand recognition. You've got people looking for these supplements on other platforms. What does that look like when you actually do 
put your supplement on Amazon? Is there immediate traffic? It just yeah. because of well, it's just immediate traffic. People are always looking for the brand already. We already have traffic. People looking at the name. Um, and like we try to do it faster now because to the point where people start seeing our ads, our products, um, and then people will take our brand, they put it on Amazon and just try to resell our shit. It's a real problem to be honest. <laughs> like it's a fucking oh, yeah. problem. So we have like been moving a lot faster with Amazon. So we don't get people who are sold. We got to send like cease and desist letters. Like it's a real nightmare. So um, yeah, we can get on Amazon faster, but we have all this initial traffic because we're already driving traffic to the brand and people are curious about, is this a legit brand? What is this? They go to the website, but then they go to Amazon, they don't see our shit. And so it just helps. It helps. Like, again, it's a different form of capital. In this case, it's social capital, social proof capital by being on Amazon. And so you're not doing this all, all by yourself. This would be, there's a lot Absolutely of work. <laughs> so you, yeah. you've built out over the years teams. How important is that? What is your strategy for building out teams that are effective and really moving, mm -hmm. moving these products and moving your business to growth? Yeah. I mean, for me, at least what I've learned has been about mostly bringing people up with you. You know, I, I, it's been very rare. I hire A-list talent um, because if A-list talent is free, they tend to jump for like the most money. And the other thing too, is that A-list talent usually wants equity, which I respect because I am also A-list talent. Like I always want equity in a company. Um, so, and I don't like giving up equity in general, unless it's for other A-listers that are worth it and have opposing skill sets. But in general, like I, I like to build people up and it also creates an like unbreakable loyalty in my opinion. Um, and that, that's, I think in the internet world, trust is more important than talent. So, cause I can train most people to do everything that they need to do for the, for the most part, you know, everything can be learned as a skill, but like loyalty, character, like that, that shit can't be really be learned. You know, what are, what are some of the main things that you're, you're hiring for? I mean, are you hiring for like yeah. new product development or marketing? Um, or yeah. So yeah, so we do marketing stuff. So copywriters, media buyers, stuff like that. Um, product development. Yeah, like I'm looking to hire some doctors now for new formulating of products, et cetera. Uh, marketing managers or project managers have been a big one. Just have so many projects going on. It's nice to make sure that someone is just making sure that everything that I say gets done actually gets fucking done. <laughs> you know, because I, I don't have time to follow up. Just I just need this done. And she just makes sure that this stuff gets done. That's how you move a business. You have the visionary and then you have integrator, essentially. Someone comes with the ideas, someone makes sure they get done. And then you kind of just swing back and forth. Integrator's like, visionary, I need this. And visionary's like, all right, let me create this and then bring it to you and then execute. Um, what else do we hire for? Where are you finding this talent? Where where do you, VAs, you know, uh, online, local talent? Where do you um, get talent? Depends on, depends on the, uh, the net, uh, what I'm hiring for. Uh, for a lot of the marketing stuff, a lot of people like they follow my personal brand. So they'll, they'll reach out there and I'll, like source people from just my Twitter, from my email list, my blog, stuff like that. Um, but in general, this is live, but it's fine. Um, we like to find people that are probably underpaid and underappreciated in their current businesses that are working someone sim like parallel and yeah. steal them and just steal them because yep. like they're not being, or, or at least like give them a negotiating power to get higher worth for their shit. Um, yeah. And just I think that's creative. I think that the yeah. power of LinkedIn and, and people yeah. always poaching people. I think that's common. It's a creative way to do yeah. it too. Yeah. I mean, I don't like go after poaching people, but I just talk to people and they're like, I hate my job. I'm like, Oh, come work for me. I'll pay you better. 
yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, and that's what I'm saying, and that's why like I like to build people up because like I'm not the only person that does that. There's a lot of people that do that, and so you need to create some form of other like equity and capital in their kind of mindset, and then you know, the form of that is obviously is me training them up. Like that's a huge form of like loyalty that comes in. Um, obviously, incentivizing people with bonuses and stuff. Um, the whole like, yeah, just like making sure they get paid like a good base, then they have an opportunity based on the company's performance to like double or triple their salary in a year, which no other employer does. But if they do well, and then you know, we can triple their salary because if we're tripling their salary, that means we've probably 10 X the business, which I'm totally fine to triple everyone's salary. If we 10 X the business every year, it's a great ROI for me. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Well, I got a, I got a question, you know, when you were writing that first book, I mean, you were in, you were in college, you were getting a degree, you know, were, did you envision this happening? Was this your goal? Uh, or, you know, do you feel like you're always an entrepreneur or did you just kind of become one? So I was always a creative and entrepreneur and definitely an entrepreneur, uh, always a creative, uh, creating things. And I, I know that because I took a step away from that for a couple of years after I sold the brand working as more of like a consultant and a freelancer for people. And this dude was not, it just like didn't work out with like the way I wanted to do things. People would like take my marketing advice, take my copy and then it would fuck it up. I'd be like, I'm do my own shit. <laughs> That's basically what happened. So I've been always been a creator. Yeah. Always creating things for sure. Did I envision that it'd be like this? No. Um, I really just wanted to write a book, make a thousand bucks online, be the guy that was a writer, you know, watch Californication, you know, Hank Moody, got to seduce all the girls, a cool writer. That's literally all I wanted to do. Live in LA, you know, make a thousand bucks a day, basically on an ebook, which I knew was possible because I'd seen people doing it. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, that was it. That was the, that was the vision back then. Yeah. Well, that vision grew. That's for sure. Definitely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a lot more impact now, not just about like the, you know, get, get money, get bitches. So yeah, no, no longer about that. Well, sometimes the money is yeah. <laughs> that's on the day. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what's next for you? Um, we're scaling pup labs. You know, we, we, we did pretty well this month. Um, hoping to get to, I'd like to get to a million dollars a month by the end of the year, which would be really cool. Um, would be a good case study and then uh, eventually sell that brand in about, you know, two, three years. That'd be really, really cool. Um, I've got this new clothing brand launching, which I'm wearing right now. It's called Hot Guys Do Therapy. It's like a, a men's mental health brand. Um, I had a lot of therapy over the past couple of years, and it's really like changed my life, um, made me happier, wealthier, smarter, like all around, just generally a better human being. Uh, and I've, um, you know, there's a whole like silencing of like men's voices, and there's all this like, you know, there's a lot of empowerment for women, but there's not a lot of empowerment for men. And I'm kind of like annoyed with it. Um, so just trying to like spread that message out there and see where the brand goes. This is the first brand I'm launching where I am doing it not for the money. Um, I'm doing it for the the actual impact. And I think it'll make the most money, ironically. So <laughs> that's that's the weird, the weird thing with this brand. Yeah. That's amazing. Man. Yeah. I love you. There's a lot going on. Yeah, but you yeah. I think I think if I had to uh, get to the root theme of what you do is you actually take action. You don't, yeah. you don't have an idea and be like, oh, wouldn't this be a great idea? I mean, you're like, you have an idea and then you go to town on making it a reality. And that's, everybody has ideas. It's a special trait. It's a special trait, but, and, and I think it's a special trait that anybody can do. It's mm. just, they, you know, people have these ideas. I mean, you, you see people all the time. Oh, that was my yeah. idea. Now this company's was huge. Um, Damn. 
Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, I mean, to be successful, there's so many factors involved, but two of them are recognizing opportunity, which is what a lot of people have, but then like taking the opportunity, which people don't have. And you need both of them because if you take opportunity, but you don't recognize it, you just, you just don't have, there's nothing there. You take the wrong opportunities, you fuck it up. If you recognize opportunity, which most people do, but they don't take it, there's nothing there. You know, the third ingredient there is luck, obviously. And then the skill sets network. Um, and then the last one is probably a little bit of emotional damage from childhood. That's probably the last one, which is a dark one to talk about, but definitely like, like a chip on your shoulder somehow. It doesn't matter if you were born with a silver spoon or not. Um, I don't think the finance would do that, but I do think like a little bit of emotional trauma in whatever form that is, is needed to generate a certain level of success, um, in my opinion. I'd agree. So, but, like, yes. look at me now. Like, I've, I got the, you know, the, uh, uh, what am I looking for? The, uh, overcome, the, overcome the courage. I got courage to do it now. And like, I've got a chip yeah. on my shoulder and I'm not going to hold back. Yeah. I'm going to prove you all wrong. Yeah. Not to say like you need to like have like a fucked up childhood, um, to do it, but it can, it can spark, but also like the emotional trauma can come from like quote unquote, perfect childhoods in its own way. Um, and I'm definitely like, uh, yeah, like I had a great childhood, like phenomenal. So, um, but we had some shit and, and we learned about it and now we did better, but I can see where the, where the, that piece of Peter, like really helped fire up the rest of my life. Like it's definitely an ingredient in the success. And I think it's yeah, it motivates very, you. Yeah. yeah, because they can break you. There's a lot of people that just get broken by it and they just they, they can't move to the next level because it's so much so traumatic. So um, it's a delicate balance of all those things. But I do agree that recognizing opportunity and then taking it is important. I mean, hot guys do therapy alone. Like uh, we were at UCLA. I was speaking at UCLA last year and some girl said it on stage and like, I, I shit you not, like I was in the seat and I bought the domain like within three minutes. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, I have friends that can verify this. They're always sitting there like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Like, no, no, you don't, you don't get it. Because <laughs> look, this is nine bucks. Okay. Like, so if I lose $9 on something that might never go anywhere, great. But like, it's an opportunity that like I saw and then now we got the sweaters going. We actually just placing our order today for the first run. Um, so it should be here in about a month and we're going to go everywhere and see how many white girls and all the girls can we get on board and how many dudes, we older dudes we can piss off with the therapy shit and then we'll see what happens. TikTok, yeah. Instagram, influencers, all that in the pipeline to get this thing going? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then, um, and it's not all just like about this because like a lot of people that do therapy also have dogs. So they will build the other side of the brand too. Like I'm not, I'm playing chess too. It's not just about this. Like there is a big effect of if this brand goes viral, it'll help with the dog brand. If the dog brand continues to go viral, it'll help with this brand. Um, and all those lessons I learned can then be taught to the mastermind so they don't make those mistakes. Um, so there's a whole ecosystem of like, everything is like working with each other. It's not just they're all separate. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And then they all help to build like my own personal brand um, because I'm not a big fan of just doing like the content game where you just like make a bunch of videos and that's great. But like, what if I just built a bunch of companies and they did awesome and then that shit can like my work builds my brand, you know? Yep. So, yeah. It's cool. Fascinating, yeah. Peter. I mean, yeah. I, I, we'll get you back on here in the future when you've got 10 more projects. Let's do it, man. I think like another like, We'll do it in like a year. We can see where everything I said where you went. or totally crash and failed. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. This yeah. has been fun. And I know that you yeah. piqued a lot of interest um, in people that are yeah. watching or listening to this. And we will make sure that we have all of your links um, in the description of the podcast and or, or of the video where people are watching so they can go check out all the things you're doing. But 
man, Peter, thanks for joining us. That was that, yeah, that man. Was thanks for having me on. This is, this is awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to do it again. And yeah, I like doing these podcasts that recorded because I can say a bunch of shit and I can see if like it came out true or it's just like, nah, you're just a dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> it is true. Find out here. It is yeah. something to that. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, that's everybody's kind of fear of taking a leap is like, if you tell people you're going to do something and you fail, you know, that's, that's part of it, but yeah. you got to rise above that. Yeah. You're going to fail at me. Published a book that made one sale. I mean, who cares? Yes. <laughs> You've yeah. moved on. Yeah. You know, well, so. I, I had a lot more to, I didn't have as much to lose back then. Right now I have like, if I published a book now and made one sale, that would be a fucking nightmare. That would be, <laughs> that, would, that would be an absolute disaster. I mean, it'd be impossible, but like it would be a disaster. Yeah, so back it is impossible. Yeah. You yeah, already learned. Different. You learned how to publish a book with one trail. You won't do yeah. it again. Exactly. We'll get two at least. You know, two hundred percent increase is not bad. <laughs> uh, I love it. Well, Peter, cool. thanks for joining us. We will talk to you again uh, sometime yeah. in the future. See what's going on. But we really appreciate it, and thank everybody for tuning in to this. Uh, we really enjoy trying to bring you really neat stories of people that are uh, succeeding and. So it's been it's been a lot of fun, Peter. Yes, we'll talk to you soon. And thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Have a good one.